Welcome back to the show, ladies and gents. I am your girl, Tiffany E. And on behalf of Alexis and Nicole, we'd like to welcome you back to Down for the Count. So, um, I'm late, about three, maybe four days late with the podcast and have to give you guys my apologies for that. Also have to apologize because this episode will not include the fashion files. Unfortunately, that part of the file was lost. So I apologize because that is completely on me. I am the editor at large for the podcast for right now. So that's on me, ladies and gents, and I have to apologize to you and, of course, to my co-hosts, which I've already done. So, you guys, stay tuned for the rest of the wrestling recap. And, of course, we have our top five wrestlers who never got their flowers. So that's going to be the end of this week's episode. And, of course, next week we're going to cover the Elimination Chamber. And our episode is going to be a day behind because Elimination Chamber is this Sunday. We will not be able to record and still watch Elimination Chamber. So we're going to have the episode out on Tuesday. So look for for the um, first half of our podcast on Tuesday, and it should be out by Wednesday, Thursday. Hopefully, it'll probably be out by Wednesday. You'll have the second half of the podcast. So, I hope you guys enjoy. Without further ado, here is the rest of the wrestling recap for last week, and I hope you guys enjoy. It. There are really things that happen at this Saudi show that need to be discussed. It's going to take me five minutes. First of all, the gauntlet match for that whack ass trophy they were giving away. The agro, the agro crop, agro, agro, agro rock. I thought of that too, but I couldn't remember what the name of it was. Anyway. Agro, agro rock. Someone whoever won, you know what should have happened? I should have tweeted this. This is good. This would have been a good tweet. Honestly, whoever should have won, I, they should have carried the raised the rock above their head and have their country's flag on their shoulders no. and ran around the stadium. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That point, like, guys, she always shut up. <laughs> well, the match was fine. I didn't get to watch it, but I, I saw some of the highlights. I saw some of the reviews of it, according to some wrestling critics from Bleacher Report, CBS News, and everywhere else. The match for the Gauntlet was pretty decent. R-Truth started it. He lasted through three competitors until he was eliminated by Rowan. Um, well... Was Rusev in it, or he what's got, going he, on with he him? He disqualification, but Rowan was still there. So AJ Styles came out and then took out Truth again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was Truth. AJ Styles ended up beating our truth by a submission. And then he thought he had it because they beat up Rey Mysterio in the back. They hit Rey Mysterio's music twice. And Carl Anderson and Gallows beat up Rey Mysterio in the back so he couldn't get out. And he wanted to get his hand raised because he felt like he won. 
that's when the Undertaker's music hit, and he came out and pretty much choke slammed him easy and won the trophy. Ugh. Um, Miz and Morrison beat New Day. They're the new um Smack. They're the new SmackDown tag team champions. Um, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo had another match, which this match really irritated me. I'm very, very tired of Humberto Carrillo getting beat by Garza every week. It's like he can't... It's the same thing they did with Rey Mysterio and Andrade. There's no traction with either person. They just pushing it through, and it's very, very irritating. Especially for Humberto, because he's a good wrestler. He deserves better than that. I'm going to have a very unpopular opinion, and y'all can disagree with me or not. Um, I am not impressed by Angel Garza. I do not understand I don't the hype. Garza either. I don't like Garza so either. I, like I don't have a problem with him. I just... He irritates me. I like, have a lot of charisma. He can't talk well, and it's not because he's like, he does English is not his first language talk well. It's like he doesn't he doesn't know how to translate well and like speaking. Like just having to speak Spanish. Honestly, young Japanese, I don't know what the fuck she's saying, but I get what she's saying. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean it's like what? He he rips off his sweats halfway through a match and he pulls the same shit that Rick Rude and now Velveteen Dream is doing. It's just like I don't see anything that impresses me. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's so good. He's so good. You have to watch him in NXT." I'm like, if he was good in NXT, he should be able to come up. If he got brought up to the main roster, and I get it because Andrade got in trouble and they needed mm-hmm. someone to fill that spot. But if mm-hmm. you were that in NXT that they were ready to call you up to the main roster, you're ass. And I, I'll say it once, and I say it again, and like, yes, I. I'll say the same thing if you go back and listen to Lacey. If you're ready for them to call you up, your ass better be on 100 and ready to go and selling this shit, bringing the charisma, bringing the personality. You know, you are here. You were on Monday Night Raw. Be entertaining, goddammit. Like, Carson <laughs> has personality. I will give him that. He's he's one of those type of guys who's very full of himself. It's very clear what his character is. Does it always translate well? I I can't say that. I think that them feeding Umberto to him every week is irritating because Umberto is just as good, if not better, than Angel Garza. They max them each other out. And they keep having these great matches. It's the same thing they do with Umberto and Andrade. It's like Heyman is all about making sure the heels have the shine. And I'm fine with you having moments where it feels like they can't get out the blocks. But if that's going to be the narrative every time, you're going to lose people from watching it. Nobody's going to sit and watch when they already know what's going to happen. You've got to change the narrative when it comes to Humberto. He comes out there dressed like a superhero. Let his ass be a damn superhero. He doesn't have to win every week. He doesn't have to he doesn't was have to win every there? week, but he needs to get one, at least something. Was Zelina there? Mm, I don't know if Zelina was there. I'm I'm not sure, because I, I I didn't watch it. Um, I don't yeah, think he was like because her husband. Well, her husband can't go anyways. Yeah, he can't go. I don't think he will go anyways. Mm-hmm. He can't go anymore. Yeah. 
Kevin Owens. Oh, I love him. He's championship they had Rollins and Murphy go up against the Street Profits and Rollins and Murphy retained and they say that this match was really really good um they had a pretty decent back and forth they tried a double pedigree with Murphy and um Rollins but it got reversed it was curb stomp that ended this match literally a curb stomp on the ring apron that ended this match. And that's how it was over. Um, <laughs> Ziggler went up against Mansoor, and you know Mansoor won that match. He is oh, hell yeah. 28 and 0 in Saudi pay per view. And this is the only time of year we see him. <laughs> no, he was like on 205 Live or something. He was. I like for him. Out the house. I like Can him. We- they should be using him. I really, really like him. Can they need to use him more than just like I still think it was funny on what was it, NXT Portland. Every time he spoke, people cheered. And every and time they like booed the shit out of Sam Roberts. As they should. <laughs> they hate now Randall. He, now he's a Beyonce fan. Oh, okay. Now you want to lick ass. If I was her, I'd put my whole ass and be like, right here, right here on the side, left cheek, what? third quarter, and kiss my ass, okay? Ain't nobody, and I don't like no fickle ass bitch. Like, now, just a few months ago, last year, your ass was calling the girl, saying she wasn't ready. She ain't shit. Now, all of a sudden, you team Bianca. Uh, no, he, he ain't allowed to backtrack. Oh, uh, no, ma'am. No, sir. No. Brock Lesnar went up against Ricochet. Ooh, it, it was less than 90 seconds. Oh, of course oh, it was. Yeah. No longer than Kobe. Yeah. And they said. <laughs> and they said. Matt. They said that um, this was a complete waste of time and another nail in the coffin. Of Ricochet's WWE booking. 
Okay, I'm not going to say that because Heyman's high up on Ricochet. And look, we knew whoever he was going up against, nobody was going to win either yeah, anyway. No, yeah, so that's not even, that's a very, like, that's a very, like, neutral booking. Like, it don't matter because it's maybe a season. He's not in his own storyline. And you know he's not going to lose Killmania. Anyways. Oh my god, could you imagine if Brock retains at Mania? Oh no, that ain't gonna happen. Reigns went up against Baron Corbin. Roman Reigns beat Baron Corbin. They say that this match wasn't necessarily great. They said it was pretty boring, but it was okay. SmackDown Women's Championship. You had Bailey go up against Naomi. They say this was one of the best matches of the night. Hey, they made history. I can't, you know. I mean, fuck. I mean, what else? What else more? I mean, it was the first. It was the first Latina Deborah Russell in Saudi Arabia. It was the first. African-American woman to wrestle in Saudi Arabia. It was the first women's title in Saudi Arabia. And Bailey was the first Latina w- woman wrestler to retain a title in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, she was. And the pop that Naomi got was walked out. Because I watched that. I watched her entrance like uh, uh, clips on Instagram. Mm-hmm. The pop she got, I'm going to be honest, I was not expecting that like at all. Well, for her, I was I was real scared when I was watching that match. She, the way Bailey picked up this win, is what everybody was like. Really, it it was clever. She crossed Naomi's legs together and locked them in her shirt, so she couldn't get them out. And then she picked her up and slammed her on the mat. That was it. The match itself was good. Naomi had some really good spots in that match. But Bailey ultimately picked up the win. It was a clever way to beat her. So hopefully it'll lead to something. Last but not least, Universal Championship, Bray Wyatt versus Goldberg. And Goldberg defeated the Fiend and won the Universal Championship. Now, the world has been in an uproar ever since this happened, and a lot of people are pretty pissed off about it. They said the match wasn't great, but the fact that Goldberg is 53 and still wrestling is amazing in itself. I could care less if the match was good or bad. I'm going to be honest. Um, They said it took, I don't know, three spears it was and a jackhammer to beat him clean. Shitty, botchy jackhammer. (laughs) (laughs) That was. I, I saw that. I, I saw it because, again, thank you to the people on Instagram who are doing the real work and, like, posting these clips. I saw that jackhammer, and all it looked like was a But Michael Cole's over there selling, like, jackhammer, jackhammer, jackhammer. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Michael. It's a suplex. <laughs> and so 
he does that, and then Seth, like, this little fucker, Seth, like, t- tweets, he's like, oh, maybe I should have used a jackhammer. I'm like, how about you sit the fuck down and shut up? Why are you so mad? Because, why? <laughs> I'm not mad. Okay, I'm going to do the mom thing. I'm not mad. Lies. <laughs> Go ahead. I just, I don't care about Goldberg. It's not 2001. Um, He just, <sighs> Bray, I mean, and then people were like, now people are coming for Bray for like the same people who are like, oh, he's booking him so good. And now they're like, well, oh, they booked him so bad. And I'm like, well, just like six months ago, you were kissing his ass when he won it from Seth. Now all of a sudden you're like, oh, there is one more match we forgot about AEW. What match was that? Uh, we'll go uh, Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Oh, yes. But that we'll match back... I heard was absolutely fantastic. We'll go back and talk to this after this. I just, I don't, I'm so, look, you know my stand on part-timers. Yes, I know. Having title belts. And, you know, yes, did I say that, you know, Bray wasn't on SmackDown? Yeah, but at least he was on TV. And now we're going to have a month and a half of Goldberg. Like, they're not going to let Goldberg wrestle on SmackDown. So, but, but now they're going to have the, fan, the Goldberg fanboys like, oh, him not wrestling on SmackDown is, is, is bringing the match. And I'm like, you guys three months ago said you were over this with Bray. Why isn't Bray wrestling? Blah, blah, blah. Well, now because it's Goldberg, like, it's okay. Okay. Like, Okay, here's the deal. With Goldberg being the champion, you have an easier transition for Roman to get the title. If they left the title on The Fiend and had Roman versus The Fiend, it would have killed Roman's character. It would not have been good for him. They would have demonized Roman in the public. It would have been bad. They did what they had to do to pr- not only to protect Roman, but to protect the product. The Fiend can always get the title back. And one thing I keep hearing is now is his character is destroyed. A title does not define your character. That is ridiculous. His work, all that work he did building his character and making his character worthwhile, you're going to erase all of that because he lost a match? Because he lost the title. That didn't happen with Stone Cold. And he lost a lot of fucking matches. Okay? Matches a lot of people believed he should have won. And nobody said a thing when Stone Cold started kissing Vince's ass. Which was the one thing that we all knew he should never have done. And yet he did. He became a corporate guy. So how come those things were okay? But this, this is a problem. It's the only way that this would have worked out. The only other way it would have worked is when you take the title off of The Fiend at Royal Rumble and give it to Daniel Bryan. People still would have been pissed, but they wouldn't have been as mad as they are if they would have been with Roman. And then they would be mad because he dropped the title to Roman at WrestleMania. It doesn't matter how you change the narrative. It still would have had the same end result and people still would be upset. This way, things are a little less 
hyphy. They won't have the same situation they had with the Hell in a Cell problem. Because the Hell in a Cell, people went ballistic. People are going Hell in a Cell ballistic now, dude. Not like, really. Not, well, <laughs> not really. They're mad, but it's not the same. No, I think they're just as mad, if not worse. People are, well, I don't know. People, the people I, I've seen like 50 50. I've seen people that are super upset, and I've seen people who are like, it's whatever. I don't care, honestly. In my opinion, Bray never should have had a title in the first place. Agreed. Because he did not need it. He did not need it whatsoever. I think they just picked a lazy way to move that title to SmackDown. Yes. Where honestly, what they could have done, hell, give it to. They could have had Cesaro because they're obviously we know they're not gonna give him an actual real run. Hell, just they could have had him be a transitional champ. He could have been a champ for a week or two weeks just to move that belt to Fox. And I don't know, someone else could have beat him. Hell, could have been fucking. Corbin for all I care, somebody, somebody. and then they could have held on to it until Mania, and then whoever that person is at Roman could have had their match. But when you think, but also it's like I I don't care about the match anyways. Like I don't care, and the even with the Fiend dropping the belt the way he did, his story with John is so much more interesting already than what. He anything he could have done with him and Roman or him and Goldberg or whatever they went to Mania because of the history. Correct. They had and Brace could is like I'm about to cash that WrestleMania 30 check. Man, fuck you. I just I don't understand why they had to bring that belt to Fox because if you're gonna get let Lizard. You have the other title, so the only title you have is the U.S. title, and then on Friday it's gone till whenever he comes. Is he officially back? Has it been 30 days? Yep. Um. So okay. So and then you, so all you have now are the U.S. titles and the Raw tag titles. You have the Raw tag titles on not even a real team, and I'm sorry, no one gives a shit about the U.S. title. Unfortunately, no, and that's that's a problem, and we've had that discussion on many occasions, and it it's gonna take them making that title more prestigious again. Like I feel like guys like Miz and um he he just made it worthwhile to have it, and they should have put the title back on him and let him help it get back to where it needs to be. They could do the same thing with the United States Championship, but they're going to have to find somebody to be able to do that. So. And just, I'm not, whatever. But can we go back to talking about good wrestling, that Pac uh, Orange Cassidy match? I can't believe I forgot about that. Oh, I didn't get to it yet. This match is really good. I'm surprised. <laughs> Orange Cassidy and Pac had a match? Yeah. And for the most part, Orange Cassidy was Orange Cassidy. But then, some type of switch flipped. And all of a sudden, we just started seeing 
some really good technical and just flat out awesome wrestling. And I was looking at clips and I'm just like, who the fuck is this dude? And <laughs> somebody told me, it was like, Timmy, that's Orange Cassidy. And I'm like, the dude with the glasses that do the slow-mo kicks in the ring? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's the same dude. Like, okay, we got a Festus character. All right, cool, whatever. People forget that, you know, Orange, like they love Orange Cassidy as a character, but, but like, and I'm guilty of this too. But when you get him going, he's a really good wrestler. And I just wish people would be like, oh, he's just a gimmick. I'm like, dude, have you ever really seen him wrestle? That's what blows people away. And that's when's the shit the I like to have on. He, when's the last time he really wrestled on AEW and it didn't have a gimmicky start or finish? can't remember um he hasn't this is his only like real match well that's yeah. kind of not the fans fault then the fans that say he's a gimmick and they don't know anything outside of aew that's, that's not that's AEW's not their fault. Fault. No, fault no because i've also looked up some matches about him and it's kind of the same thing but like you kind of have to piss him off to bring out like the 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 uh the wrestling part of Orange Cast. Mm-hmm. He's just he's so good. And then like I liked it on um Dynamite when they announced the Pack and Orange Cassidy match. I think it was like Trent or Trent from uh, Best Friends. He's like, yeah, this Saturday, Orange is gonna try. <laughs> like, oh my oh, god. Oh wow. Oh my god. It's just, Jesus. I, I can't I, I I I thought it was funny at least to me it was funny. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it's fine. Looks <laughs> really good and like I really hope they start per- pushing Cassidy more than just like the t- uh, best friends little sidekick dude. Best friends have the weirdest Titantron I've seen in my entire life. That whole gimmick kind of weirds me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Them, they are, they're not, no, they're, they're better. You know who's the worst? Fucking Angelico and, and, um, Giles uh, at, the other dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hybrid, hybrid too. Oh, a mess. Anyways. What a mess. Like well, Angelico, no, they, I don't think they've won a match. Well, also, and, and Helico's music and was like Skrillex on the indies but it's like the crazy thing is is that um what's it called it's just like it's just a mess and it's like I feel they just remind me of guys I would buy like drugs from at when I would go to raves <laughs> all the time I get that idea too. Like, do you guys are you guys drug dealers like by the local elementary school or something? No, no, they're not the elementary school drug dealers. They go to shows. They're they're the guys I would see at shows. And you know, they'd be like they'd be hanging out, they'd be hanging around about by the girls who were who were hooping and then they and then you'd like walk past them and they'd be like, Hey, like you like you you need some Molly or you need some like DMT and you'd be like oh sure you know I'll probably use some 
and they give and they sell you some and you're like it's eh, a little bit pricey but then you know what you're like you know what i bought this at a show and then it's weak as shit and you're not high <laughs> for very long <laughs> my god up oh, so we got some breaking news what's that it is official colt cabana has now signed to aew Oh, I yeah. thought that was official the moment he showed up. Oh, yeah. So, I thought it, I don't know. I just thought he was doing, because they were doing that guest spotlight, whatever bullshit. Never mind. Fuck. Oh, I'm just saying, I wasn't trying to take you out. I'm just saying. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be wrestling, though, which is kind of a bummer. Um, He's going to be doing, like, backstage stuff. Which is real funny, because, like, him and MJF had a, um, like a kind of a feud going on where it's like, is he or is he not MJF's dad? Oh my god. So I'll send you the I'll send you the link. It is so funny. Oh, just don't just just you know, you have to get suspend your belief. That's all I gotta <laughs> Oh god. So when's the next side show? Oh, God. Oh, geez. I really worry. So. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, I read that the next show will be in October. What is it supposed to be? Crown Jewel? I guess. That's what they usually do in October. Um, so we only ha- we have at least a half good part of the year before we have to worry about it again. Hell, for all we know, the coronavirus is just gonna wipe us all out. Oh Jesus! Oh God! Jesus. I hope I hope that or asteroid. What? I'm hoping for the asteroid because at least it'll be quick and painless. I'm done with y'all. I'm just, I really am. No, ma'am. We <laughs> are not doing well as a society. Also, yeah. I just know noticed that they have those. They have these light up wristbands like NXT. They look a lot. Um, they look a lot better than NXT ones. I think the NXT ones are a little too skinny. Huh. It says that mm, there is a pay per view that's supposed to be in between September and November, which is the Survivor Series. There is a pay-per-view there, but they haven't announced it yet. So they'll announce it after the mania. You know they will. Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, let's let's move into something that put a little pip in your step. Thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> anyway, so make sure you guys stick with us at Down for the Count, and we're going to continue on with our show. So, we don't really have much in wrestling news 
so I'm I'm just I'm just gonna skip it unless you have something you want to talk about. Is Cody's tattoo wrestling news? No, that's technically yeah. Yes, because we were gonna keep it for the fashion files, but just I say go in. That is the the most god awful, ugly ass. $13 $13 on sale flash art piece of shit tattoo I have ever seen in my fucking life. God, did you have to go in Alexis? Did yes, you- I did, because he's a grown-ass man, and he should know better. And I should slap that tattoo artist for a long time to do that. <laughs> it's so huge. And you put it, like, maybe if you put it on, like, the other, like, other pectoral, or he put it in his arms, or he put it on his shoulder blades, maybe it would look better. But that thing looks so god-awful on his neck, it takes up his entire neck, and then it's not even straight. It's like it's crooked. And I'm like, Cody, you let somebody take a needle to your neck and allow you I hope you didn't pay more than like two hundred dollars for that tattoo. I really hope you didn't. Like the twenty-five dollar memorial bullshit sale. No, 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 no. I take my tattoos very seriously. Like, no, that um, no. Brandy hates it, which I think is like the funniest thing in the world. She tweeted that she hated. Who she? I mean, he's a grown man. She's not. She's not his keeper. No, but she has to stare at him for the rest of her life. True that. They're getting, you know, little romantic. She just put some dirt on me. It's not the point. Like, so, she, like, I, I got an update on my phone about it, like, yesterday. And Brandy's, like, apparently he got it done. And, you know, Brandy's like, what's with the bandage on your neck? And when he took it off, she looked at it. She goes, babe, that's ugly. Like, just flat out. <laughs> and I like, like, and this is back to, like, what my husband says, too. I'm like, I'm going to dye my hair this, or I'm going to do my hair this. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, he goes, why do you care about my concern? I'm like, because you're the one that has to stare at me the most out of anybody in the entire world. Well, so, he should have thought about that before he got it done. No, the tattoo <laughs> mad at it. She got a point. Alexis, Nicole uh, got a point. Like, so, he didn't think enough of his block, so... Oh, no. You know what? So ugly. What's you know? It, there's just a lot going on with it. It's very alt righty. I don't like how. That's how I feel when anyone gets anything American flaggy. It just is just a little much for me. Um. Also, it's I I don't know what I hate more. The place the placement. I think the placement is just what really takes me out. But anyways, um, speaking of just his, it's just bad. It's just like his literal, literal fucking logo that he just stamped on his. Na- I I thought it was fake at first. I thought it was one of those, um, those water tattoos. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it looks like. And then people are like, no, like it's real. And then it's like, why? <laughs> it was really funny. There's this tweet I liked. Someone was like. I'm on Twitter way too much, but it's just entertaining. Um, <laughs> fresh. And it was fresh walking into it on Saturday. And I'm thinking, that's like a fucking, you know, 
cool vibe. Because, like, I, I got a, when I played roller derby, I got attacked the day before we had a bout. And, um, I was just like, and they got really mad because I didn't tell them. And they're like, you got a tattoo? And I said, yeah, it's on my shoulder blade. Like, you want, because it's all, like, taped up and shit. And, like, you know, they're like, that's a fucking target. I'm like, if someone hits me in the back with a fucking, ta- with their shoulder or whatever, number one, that's illegal. And number two, I'm going to get up and beat the shit out of them because it's going to hurt like hell. But they're like, it was just, I thought it was fake. Like, you know, he like, like someone painted it on or something like that. And then I kept looking at pictures of, like, the match between him and him and MJF. And I'm like, why is that thing not running? Oh, my God, that thing's real. Like, it's it's so, oh, God. I can't, as a person who has tattoos, I cannot appreciate this, Cody. I'm sorry. It's just oh. very large and gaudy, and it, it, it looks holes right. It is very alt-righty. And I, I, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I got to agree. I know that's not what he was trying to do because that's his logo. But maybe like if it was on his chest or his arm or like one of his shoulder blades, maybe it wouldn't look so bad. But right on, I mean, I'm not one to talk, but right, right on the fucking neck. And then they took a picture of him after he got the tattooed up and if you got a tattoo done in a very sensitive spot, you do not want your face in the after picture because you you I don't care how fucking tough you are, you are crying, your eyes are red, you're tired, you're like this I just paid this motherfucker way too much money to stab needles into my skin for color. Don't take my picture. Like no 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 no. <laughs> Cody looks like he's about to fucking cry and I'm like, "Dude, did you just get this done?" Like, probably he did. He got it done while they were in Atlanta. I love Chris Satlander. <laughs> She's a hot too. Anyways, um, it's so it's, it's so, just like okay. I think if it was, I said I was like, if it was behind his neck, honestly, it'd be it would look really good. See, you know what it should have done earlier? That it should have been on the back of his neck instead of on the side like that. Yeah, I think it should have been on his back of his neck, and he should have found a really good black and gray artist. Now, see if it was black and gray, I think it, it would be cool. All to be dope, like have it be black and gray, and I had um a lot of like shadows and shading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the colors, the blue and the red are just so. Oh, I get what he was trying to do, but it's so like I'm looking at it right now, and it's just so. Ugh. <laughs> so, That's a was, great description. If it was, <laughs> no, seriously, I agree with Nicole. If it was like black and white and gray, with the like the shadowing on this shit would have been amazing. And to me, it would have gave me like biker club head boss vibes but i'm looking at this and it looks like someone very just... sons of anarchy that's where he could have went and yeah it, it looks like someone you know like it looks like someone cut out a picture and then they glued it to his neck and they're like there you go there's your tattoo buddy like talk to jericho because at least his tattoo artist looked like it hooked him up like damn 
Ugh, Brandy, Brandy, uh, Brandy has to wake up and look at that thing for the rest of her life. Oh, if they get divorced, if they get divorced, I'm blaming that tattoo. <laughs> like, talk to your brother, Cody. Like, goddamn, you don't see Dustin have any stupid tattoos like that. Oh, oh no. But what did right. that tweet say? No, someone. I think Cody tweeted, "Where's a good um tattoo artist or whatever city you are." And then that person retweeted update. He didn't find a good one. Damn. Mm. That was a sick burn. PSA. Um, if you are planning on getting a tattoo, here you have two things. Do your research on the spot that you want to get it done. Um, the most painful ones are your neck, your underarm. Let's see. What did someone tell me? Your neck. Your, like your rib cage, which sucks because I want a rib cage piece. Um, your neck, your rib cage, and your foot is like the most sensitive places to get a tattoo at. Also, make sure your artist, you and your artist talk so you don't end up with something like that on your body for the rest of your life unless you want to cash out even more money to get that shit removed. <laughs> She's so mad. I bet you he gets that shit. I bet you in two years he gets that shit removed. <laughs> or covered up. Brady's gonna make Pharaoh's gonna lick his tattoo off. <laughs> yeah. I just, oh, it's so like I understand wrestlers and tattoos go like hand in hand. And I mean, like, sometimes when, like, a wrestler gets tattoos, like, Kevin Owens, when he came back and he was all tatted up, it looked good on him. But then, like, some of them come out, like, after they've been gone for a while, like, y'all remember TJP? When he came back, yeah. oh. he had, like, all those ugly-ass tattoos he had on his arms. He looked like a little kid with a bunch of writing on his arms. I was like, what the fuck is this? Is it just, like... Wardlow is so hot. <laughs> God, she's gone. Uh, it's like, when I get a tattoo, it means something, you know? It's not like some, just some, and I understand that's what Cody was trying to do. It's not like some flash piece, but it's just like, it looks so bad, and it's like, I gotta get my <laughs> Batman one fixed. But it means something, like, all my tattoos mean something to me, you know? So it's just like, when I see something like that, it just makes me so mad. And it's like when like when TJP came back and he just looked like he walked into a tattoo shop and he goes, hey, you're having a $15 flash art sale? Load me up, buddy. So, I mean, it's just, it looks so bad. Now, Rhea, Rhea Ripley's came out. Apparently, she has tattoos on her leg. But she, the WWE um, is not allowing her to get any on her arms, which I don't understand. Because I think they feel... Well, I the one main thing, and they're like that with a lot of people. This isn't just like people are like, oh, it's because she's a woman. And they don't like them <laughs> starting to get because a lot of the wrestlers, once they start, especially when they get upper body tattoos, like Kevin Owens, he got one, and then he's like gotten what five, six more since then. Yeah, it's, it's more of a Mattel thing. Is an issue with the toys. Because well, they want to keep they the have toys. To be updated. Yes. It's the same thing with the toys and even the 2K when it's okay. working. Um, yeah, it's more so. <laughs> it's not because of that. It's because they have to completely update stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I just think so that they usually a lot of sense. they don't have to spend more money getting the toys, getting the new toys rolled out. They're like, look, just wait till after, you know, WrestleMania. That's when we'll, you know, discontinue these toys and then we'll start the new ones and then you can go ahead and do what you want. Because they want yeah. them to be as realistic as possible. So that, that makes a lot or of sense. If, yeah, or if they do get toys or get tattoos, they have to get it within like a very, very short window. Like Roman, yeah. like the his arm piece, like he did that I think in like a day and a half, basically. Yeah. And he said he was leaving like, shows and flying back down there to get his piece finished. Yeah. yeah. That shit's intricate too, man. So I mean, he was probably sitting there at least ten hours a day. Oh yeah. He's when they were still said. pretty much divas, it was for cosmetic reasons. Like they are really funky. But also, I think they knew Paige was, like, very wishy-washy and didn't mm-hmm. know what to do with herself. So I think they were, it was kind of like, well, I'm not going to let this this dumb girl get a chest piece. She don't know what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they be cool with Lita about it? Because she had, I mean, like, Lita's, like, decked out in tattoos now, which I think looks great on her. But, like, I just but remember the huge the- demon she had on her arm. They were they, But they were okay with that? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I feel like the they do it to certain people. Tattoo. Yeah, because Rhea's legs are almost, like, Rhea's legs are pretty covered. Because yeah, she'll like, go, and she'll get, like, three back, to, like, three at one time. Two or well, three or four at one time. So I, I think they know her as a person. They'll be like, okay, yeah, sure, get it. And she'll get one and be, and she'll get one, and then she'll show up to work, and they'll be like, "I thought you were getting one," and she shows up with five. So they're like, "Crap, we thought we were only gonna have to add one on here." And it's not only that because of the toys, the marketing material. So it's like you can't be having like, okay, we have to reprint these posters out because she has two arm two arm pieces that she didn't have before. So we have to fucking pitch all of these. We have to get a hold of Mattel, tell her to show the graphics of what her tattoo looks like. Um, her render has to change. It's like all this stuff. Mm. I just I think you need to bring back Superstar Inc. I I really miss that show on the network. It's actually really good. They do need to bring that back. Yeah. They should have gave um Corey that instead of the podcast. I agree. I like the one with Fandango when he had when they showed him in shorts and like all the tattoos so on his face. I love um, Fandango's tattoos. Them bitches tight. <laughs> like, you know, and then he's got like the muscular legs and I'm just like, Oh, that's a oof. But I, I like the that one that actually with- made me start liking legs on leg tattoos on guys. Yeah. I never used to be like a huge fan of them. They, certain, hey, certain people can pull off certain tattoos. Like, you know, I don't know. It's it's weird, but um, I really liked the Charlotte episode where she was talking about the ink that she got for her brother, and you know, that just I kind of cry, I started crying a little bit on that one because she was talking about him and how much she missed him and. I was just like, damn, Charlotte, please don't make me cry over tattoos. <laughs> like, that's the I one feel thing so that... bad for her on that. She, like, she really loved him. Yeah. Well, you, you can tell it. I mean, 
I don't think my brother would ever get a tattoo with my name on it if something happened. Like, real. But I, I, they need to bring that show back, and then that way, fucking Cody can see the good way on how to get a tattoo. Your daddy would be ashamed of you right now. <laughs> Just stupid. <laughs> I know. I wonder how his mom would react. I mean, like, I can understand, like, you know, he's not a kid or anything, but, like, his mom, I would want to know her reaction. Because <laughs> of, like, she's, like, every Spanish mom I've ever met. Oh, man, she would probably went in on him so fucking hard. <laughs> like, anything we said would be nothing compared to what his mom said to him. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I don't know. I'm going to hell for that one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for top five. Top five is where we pick the top five characters for the wrestlers or managers. And there's a particular category for each top five. And this one, we like to call it the wrestlers who never got their flowers. So basically, it is those wrestlers that are forgotten, that are never acknowledged for their contributions to WWE or to wrestling as a whole. So I am more of a WWE TNA girl, so you're probably going to hear a lot of WWE stuff from me, whereas Alexis and Nicole may be a little bit more expansive with their top five. So I'm going to go first. My top five starts with, and it's in no particular order, I choose Road Dog Jesse James, a.k.a. Brian Gerard James. That's his name. That's his name. That's Ryan Gerard James. That's his name. That's government. <laughs> All right. So for me, he was definitely one of the best personality-wise superstars I've ever seen. Best talker on the microphone could out-talk anybody that comes in his path. And not only... Was he a good talker? He was a decent wrestler. He, after he, and after he retired, he became a writer and producer for WWE in terms of backstage. So he was working mainly with SmackDown. He was promoted to lead writer and producer for SmackDown. So he was the showrunner for SmackDown for a very long time. After a while, WWE decided to pull Road Dog from that position. But I think the, the information for that is a little murky. It comes across as WWE felt like he was not up to par, but it's leaning more like Road Dog felt like WWE was stifling him from doing what he thought was best for the show. And so he ultimately was like, okay, then we need to part ways in this particular show. He left, and he became what they call a utility player. Um, That means he was floating. He would do stuff for SmackDown. He would do stuff for Raw. And he ultimately started doing stuff for NXT. He then moved permanently now to the WWE Performance Center, where he teaches in-ring promo classes and character development. Road Dog is a staple, and I think that he first of all, I think that he should just be recognized. Period. Just because he has 
he has that gift of gab that a lot that we miss now that some wrestlers don't have, and they just don't have the vernacular or the the speed to just be able to come back with somebody on a snap and just snap on people. Like, Road Dog was just good. He was just good, and he damn sure helped a lot of the superstars that are in WWE now, namely one of the biggest stars they got, Roman Reigns. Because if you recall... When Roman's ass first got there, he couldn't talk for shit. True. I mean, he could not say nothing. I was like, I don't know where they got Mushmouth from. <laughs> but he, he gotta go back. Road Dog worked with Roman and got him together to the point where he was comfortable on the microphone and he was able to be able to speak comfortably and cut his promos effortlessly. That is not something that you can just pull out your ass. That is a learned skill and it is a talent that you either have or you don't. And Road Dog has it. So he's definitely somebody who doesn't get his flowers and he deserves them. Also, um, if you say you never practiced the New Age Outlaws insurance thing in the shower when you were a kid, you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) He's straight up relying. Everybody did that in their shower. I don't give a fuck who (laughs) you are. (laughs) All right. Um, So, the top five, the first one kind of a tie and um, unfortunately they come from great wrestling families and they've always kind of been overshadowed by other members um, my number five is Chavo Guerrero and Owen Hart they tied um, I, yeah they tied um, I always felt I always feel, felt like especially with Owen because we never we never got to see like what he could really be. We lost him at such, in a very tragic way and at a very young age. And um, he never, it's like no matter what he did, like if he struck out on his own, they would always call him Bret Hart's brother. He was Bret Hart's little brother. That was always the, the thing. He could yeah. never escape. He could never escape Bret's shadow. And I think that was a real damn shame because if you go back and you watch the old Owen Hart matches, he had like he had it. He could easily have been a top contender in the company, but I think it's because they saw him only as Brett's little brother. They didn't they didn't think he could be like one of the top guys, even though he was from the Hart family. Um, number two, the and same thing with Chavo. I think Chavo was a great performer, and y'all know how much I love Eddie, but I really think I really think he was overshadowed by his uncle way too much. And then when he was given like something to do, it was either really really stupid, or all he did was go up against either Ray or Eddie. They never gave him the chance to expand, in my opinion. And I think that's a damn shame. Um, and they really both, I think both of them deserved more than what they had in the career. Uh, Chavo's working now. Is he working for WWE or is he working for AEW? He's working for one of them. And uh, he's doing pretty good. And um, I just really wish they got they got more than they were given 
when they were wrestling in WWE. I don't see that. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm chewing. Um, my number five is Maria Kanellis. I know really? people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just did that Charlotte look that you did earlier. <laughs> so my reasoning was um, she was kind of the bridge that helped get a lot of those girls like mainstream. Because when you think about it, when Marie was popping, she was popping. And she was very mainstream. Like She was the one who was going to because obviously when everyone was like super into Playboy, she was the one doing all like the Playboy Mansion stuff, like doing a lot of the MTV appearances. And I think she was like the precursor <clears throat> to them also thinking, okay, this total diva thing could, can be a good idea whenever they were approached or pitched it or whatever. But I think she was kind of <clears throat> the pre-catalyst for that. And not only her being mainstream with that, but her, it's the same thing when she was in Ring of Honor, she was super over. She was super over when she was in Japan as well. And I feel like WWE missed the ball with her return on that. I I agree. (laughs) I never really would have thought of that. Well, I re- I remember her Ring of Honor stint, and she was over in Ring of Honor. Yeah. She was super big. They were talking about Maria and Mike all the time. So she she's right. Um, I'll... my next pick is Finley. Who? Yes. Yes. Finley. Finley had, he was a mid-card guy for majority of his WWE stint. He he won titles and everything, but Finley was a very hard-hitting wrestler. He was difficult to beat, and when he came out there and when he would come in the ring, there was an aura that he had that was just like, you're going to be in the fight for your life if you're going up against this dude. Finley is now a backstage producer for WWE. And I believe Finley works more so with the women than the men. Now... He does. My thing with Finley is he doesn't get the credit he's due for helping a lot of these women. Just like Natalia, he's back there too. He's helping perfect women in terms of their in-ring skills. He's helping them... um, He's trained a lot of women. Some of the women that um, have come before the women that are now he's trained. It's just Finley is an integral part of that mid-card wrestler that is necessary right now that we don't have. Because you're either in the bottom or you're at the top right now. There is no mid-card. And even though there's a mid-card belt, they don't regard it like they used to back during the time when Finley wrestled. And Finley was an integral part of that mid-card world. And I don't think he gets any of the credit that he truly deserves. He was somebody you feared watching wrestling or you cheered for him. Most of the time, you you 
we were afraid he was going to use that fucking shillelagh all the time because that's what he right. had. But he he was a he was a strong mid card character for a very long time, and then he transitioned into backstage, and he's integral in the backstage production. I don't I think without Finley, a lot of that shit would fall apart, and he just that man deserves more than what he gets. He really does, especially for the women's evolution. And I, I'm not, and I'm very not a fan of attaching men to women's movements, but he really did a lot. And it was to the point where, I don't know if you guys remember, when they had, when they did Evolution, and they did that huge photo, and they mm-hmm. they learned, they had Fit get in the picture. Oh, I didn't even see so. him. I just yeah, like I don't that. Know if it, I don't think it's well, the official like pictures that they put online, but there's like I'm pretty sure it's floating about somewhere. But yeah, I do agree with you. I like the one picture where, or like that moment at the Royal Rumble last year, where like him and Becky are kind of having that stare down, and he just steps aside and he goes, "All right, go ahead, like knock yourself out." <laughs> All right. My number four is uh, Baby Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. I really think um, he might get inducted this year. Yes, yeah, what the rumor is. Well, he does—he's definitely one of the people who do deserve the recognition. I think for me, I don't know why, but the Bulldog was always one of my favorites, even if he was like a heel or a face. I know that sounds really weird. But I think you look at a lot of the guys now in WWE, and even if they're, you know, they're not ripped, but they look like how the Bulldog looked like. He, he, it was like an attainable look for people to have, especially in like, you know, where steroids were going crazy and everything like that. Like Bulldog has the body that a lot of these, a lot of male wrestlers I see nowadays have. I think a good example of it is um, Alex Hammerstone from Dynasty. He he he's ripped, but he looks like Bulldog ripped. He's not like Scott Steiner freakishly ripped, if that makes sense. And um, you know he was just a powerhouse, and he I, I he really doesn't get what he deserves, and. You know, he was one of my, he was actually one of my five, top five favorites. And I just don't see people praising the Bulldog for like what he was able to do for being considered a quote, big guy at at the time and his athleticism. So he, he really, I mean, you have guys like, like, you know, I I don't want to sound cocky, but if it wasn't for the guys with like the Bulldog showing off that, you know, I'm more than muscles and power slams, we wouldn't have guys like Keith Lee nowadays who are big and flipping around like it's nobody like they're, you know, just like, I'm just, oh, here's a rope. I'm just going to do a moonsault off of that shit, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, and I really think he deserves being inducted and one day I will have a British Bulldog and his name will be Davy Boy. So there's <laughs> oh my God. That is so cute though. I want to get one so bad and just name it Davy Boy and get like a Union Jack collar for 
but rest in peace, Bulldog. Hopefully one day people will appreciate you a little bit more. Sorry. I might cry, so I do apologize ahead of time. Oh, no, you're fine. Would you have to? <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> okay, so my... We're at number four. And none of these are in a particular order for me because I just can't. I just don't have time for that. But um, my number four is another diva era girl or woman, and it's Maurice. Maurice did okay. Maurice is this, uh, so. There's two. There's two ma- a few major things that Maurice doesn't get the flowers for. Her main, her first is her being able to get herself over as a woman being very limited and not knowing English very well. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of, if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be, a, we wouldn't have like the Oscars and the Kyries and the Eos and whoever shouting at us in Japanese <laughs> on TV and them allowing that. Because I remember before her, I don't remember any, I remember, like, the guys, like, obviously, there would be guys like Great Muta and, like, a few other people who would, you know, and even, like, the wild Samoans. But you think about that, like, they're all men. And she Mm -hmm. was, like, the first woman, especially on WWE TV, that I remember was, like, oh, like, she's not speaking English. They're letting her not speak English. But she was able, so, but she was so charismatic. And she was just so, her energy, so you could see what she was, you, so you could understand her. You might not know exactly what she was saying, but you can get over. And I think her character work is very underrated. Obviously, she wasn't the greatest in the ring. And I'm being very, <laughs> she, she got better. She got better. As she she yeah. got better as the years went on. I think they, I think if she stayed wrestling a little bit longer I think she would have gotten a lot better because I think she she was athletic enough that I feel like she'd be able to gel okay with the girls now yeah I think she could I think she'd be able to keep up a bit I think she'd probably be more of like a Carmella yeah yeah Yeah. but um besides that but also I think so in my opinion like she doesn't get the credit for that for language barrier breaking Another main thing was tightening up Mrs. Heel work. Yes. Like again, Maurice was a heel the entire time she was. She she has been a heel the entire time she's been with the company. And she right. was and again Oh, and it's more so fans than it is her peers. Fans are always I always hear the same thing. Natalia's boring. There's nothing to her. I get Natalia's aesthetic. Natalia's a heart. She rests on that. She's got a tenacity to her. She can be a voracious wrestler, but I think she's dulled to calm it down a little bit. But Natalia is, she's always going to be one of the greatest technical wrestlers in the WWE. There's nobody in the WWE outside of probably like Brian Kendrick or Daniel Bryan who has her technical skill who has her training, and she just is that good. She is what she says she is. She's the best, one of the best. 
there ever was and one of the best there ever will be. And she does not get a lot of respect. And some of you young fans who don't really understand how Natalia got her start, just because she was a heart don't mean she got the red carpet rolled out for her. It was harder for Natalia because she was a woman. So Natalia had to grind just like everybody else. And she worked her ass off to get there. So Natalia, y'all need to start putting some respect on Natalia's name. And when she does retire, WWE better roll out the red carpet for that woman the same way they did the Bellas, if not better, or they will have hell to pay from me because she deserve it. I'll be riding with you. No worries. Yep. Um, so we are we allowed an honorable mention? Sure. sure. That one honorable mention before I do my number one. Um, my honorable mention is Dean Malenko. Um, yeah, he was like, I oh, like, I love technical wrestling to an extent, and um, seeing this guy, I mean, like he was the man of a thousand holes, and he. He knew every which way to hurt you, and if you had a weak, if like you had a weakness or like you know a bad ankle, he would focus in on it. And um, you know he wasn't. I mean he was like Ben. Who else did I mention? Like Benoit and Saturn and you know I think I mentioned him earlier, where I said that they weren't or Finley. They weren't. He wasn't given stupid gimmicks in like ECW and WCW. He was the Iceman. He was cold. He was calculating. Like you couldn't read what his emotion was. And he he had he knew like almost every single submission at the time that they did. And then you know he went to WWE and they gave him that stupid ladies man gimmick, which I'm like, why are you ruining Dean Malenko? And um, I think like when I see technical wrestlers like Daniel. Brian, I see a lot of the Malenko in them. Like you could tell they were inspired by him. But people really don't pe- pe- people don't talk about his proudness in the ring. Anytime they do talk about him, it's that stupid gimmick that the WWE saddled him with. The IRS man. No, <laughs> no, Dean Malenko. He was the he was the ladies man. Remember that thing he Lita. Oh shit. Yeah. So, he's my honorable mention. But of course, my number one, without saying, is China. I really think, I mean, I went, um, I went off on Dre's podcast about it. It's, um, we'll do, if we could do a plug for him. Um, I went off on that, on his podcast, and I was just saying that, you know, a lot of the women nowadays, I mean, if they don't say she's the first um, the first person to inspire them, she's always on that list. China has inspired a whole new generation of women. And, you know, I think with the circumstances with Stephanie, Stephanie and Triple H, that's the reason she hasn't gotten what she deserves in the WWE. I really think she should have been. And I know we said last week, that the Hall of Fame don't mean shit anymore, but she really does. She's one of the very few people in there that does deserve that spot. She should have been in there before Tori Wilson. You know, they're putting in Leah and Trish and Ivory 
and you know women who who've paid that way then fucking china needs to be there not tori wilson not the bellas i have no ill will toward tori wilson but she did not need no china deserved it more and everyone's like well china's been and put in with dx i said china was more than just the girl in dx she was the first woman. To, she was the first woman to enter a Royal Rumble. She was the first woman to hold a man's title, you know. And it's just like now they're using her, and it pisses me off that they're using her for nostalgia. Like stop using her name, stop using her likeness, until you give her what she deserves. Because they screwed her over so badly, and I, the fans are who the fans keep her alive. The fans are what keep her memory going. And I could go off on a whole nother rant, but I really don't want to cry at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> but no, you're right. Oh. She, she does. It's she deserves more to put her in halfway and then give her just that throw you that bone and say, oh, well, we'll put her in with DX. That should satisfy everybody. Uh, Triple H is going to be in there three times. We can get China in there twice. So, oh wait, so he's going to be in there with DX. He's going to DX, be Evolution, and then he's going to be there on his own? Yeah. <sighs> they can at least give her two on her own. I think DX. she will. And this is my devil advocate thing with China. Also, it's kind of like, I don't think her family lets WWE really, like, use stuff about her too often as well just just like also my kind of understanding like it's not like like Owen Hart's wife but I know they're very particular about how she's like referenced now and also it's kind of like WWE was like so shitty to her in those periods of time those couple years before she passed so it's also like very awkward like I like I was shocked when she went in with DX still like I'm still shocked by that <laughs> they really didn't have much of a choice to be honest with you yeah they didn't have much of a toy- choice but I'm still shocked I do think she is going to go in there eventually but I think it's going to be like when people like least expect it's just going to be like like a random year I think it would have been too honestly I think it would have been too predictable if she was in this year, and then honestly, I feel like it would have been overshadowed because even though the Bellas is like kind of a big deal of them going in, but I think Batista and end up in especially NWO are gonna completely mm-hmm. overshadow it, especially NWO. So mm-hmm. I would rather her not have went this year because especially with NWO, that's gonna be. Most well, of the that, focus. They should have picked somebody else then, because <laughs> it didn't have to be. It seemed like when they they do stuff to really get people to watch the Hall of Fame, like people are gonna watch it anyway because NWO was inducted. It just seemed premature. Yeah, to not now. I'm not gonna watch it. I, I don't really care about the Hall of Fame. I think it's all stupid anyways, in my opinion. I I probably won't watch the Hall of Fame, even though Davy Boy Smith might be getting inducted this year, and this might sound pretty as hell, but I'm not watching Hall of Fame until they put her in. 
and give her the respect that she deserves. Not because your boss's daughter started leaving you little love notes in your gym bag. Oh, Lord. Okay, Nicole. (laughs) Yeah, I need to do my number ones. I need to go to bed. I have to work in the morning. Um, My number one is Zack Ryder. You know it. Really? I'm explaining. So if it wasn't for Zack Ryder, we would not have Up, Up, Down, Down. We probably wouldn't have shows like The Bump. We wouldn't have, like, that stuff with, like, Ride Along and stuff with, like, even Demandy's Donuts being able to have their channel. When Zack Ryder wasn't getting used, he went to social media and went to YouTube and just basically started to do, like, his own thing. Like, when he came up with, like, the Internet Championship and was, like, interacting with fans. And that was at a time where WWE really looked down on YouTube and all those other type of platforms. Hmm. And he ended up getting himself so over to the fact that people were like fans were like chanting for him when he wouldn't show up on when he wouldn't be on tv like they would chant for him all night and subsequently he basically he got buried for this he really did he basically got buried for it because it's different than being able being offered to grab the brass ring but then sometimes when they don't see that for you and you basically try to take it for yourself, sometimes management doesn't react the best to it. But that's besides the point. <laughs> but the fact is, and also a lot of people don't remember or realize, Zack Ryder was one of the first wrestlers to get like a million followers on social media. I kind of remember that because that was a really big deal. Yeah. And his, and that's, and then his work online was so genius to the fact that WWE realized that they had to conform, that this was a medium that was not going away and not going to go anywhere. And he was an integral part in not, and not only WWE's like major YouTube presence, but also the spin of the reality shows that they have. Because of what he did on his own. Hmm. Would never thought of that. That is awesome. Actually. (coughs) Poor writer. Thank you. That's like my actual number one. Because that's like. I feel like he's one of the most important ones. Him and Maurice, they're tied for a number one. That's actually a very good one. So, Cole always got to steal the show. She can't never do <laughs> Damn Scorpios. <laughs> well, Sorry. that's all we got. We ain't got no more. How are you liking the podcast so far? I hope you guys are enjoying it. 
If you have a topic that you think we should be discussing on Down for the Cow, don't hesitate to contact us. You can send us a voice message right here on the Anchor app, or you can hit us up on social media. Our Instagram is at D4TC underscore podcast. Our Twitter is at Down for the Count 19. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll let you get back to the podcast. It's International Women's Month, and we here at Down for the Cow are, of course, all ladies. And we have to highlight the women just like we highlighted the African-American wrestlers for Black History Month. So, since we didn't get the opportunity to do a full, complete bonus episode for you guys, I'm going to give you guys a highlighted wrestler and their backstory right here. So, we're going to highlight Sasha Banks this week. Sasha Banks began her wrestling career in 2010. She um, wrestled for several wrestling promotions before she hit um, WWE. She was on the independent circuit wrestling for Chaotic Wrestling. She began her career there, and she was trained there. Uh, Interesting fun fact is that Sasha was trained by a current WWE superstar. He's one half of the Viking Raiders. His name is Ivar. The big guy in the group is who helped train Sasha Banks. It's so strange how small the world is. Anyway, she began her career in wrestling, like I said, in Chaotic Wrestling in 2010. She was the inaugural Chaotic Women's Wrestling Champion. She held that title for 259 days, which is very impressive. She ended up vacating the title when she was signed to WWE in 2012. She was assigned to the NXT developmental um, territory at that time. She you know, created the persona Sasha Banks and began her rise in WWE in NXT. Sasha Banks helped lay the foundation for the what the women's division is today in NXT. There's no denying that. So, she got to be NXT Women's Champion for 192 days. She was also in the first ever Iron Woman's match in NXT. And she got the Match of the Year award by the year, you know, the year-end NXT awards like they always do now. She was then moved up to the main roster via the Women's Revolution. She was teamed up with Tamina and Naomi. And shortly after that, they, you know, went their own separate ways. And she began her rise as a singles competitor. She was competing in the first ever Beat the Clock Challenge, um, which she ultimately didn't win. She also gained three title reigns, having a epic battle back and forth between Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. She competed in the first ever Women's Hell in a Cell. She gained her fourth Raw Women's Championship via Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam, which was her first pay-per-view win, if I recall. Please correct me if I'm wrong. She ultimately competed in the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. She had a time of 54 minutes and 46 seconds, which to this day is the longest record for any women's, any competitor in the Women's Royal Rumble. She also was number one in that match. So she started out first and she damn near ended it. She was one of the last two in that match. 
She also competed in the first ever women's elimination chamber match, and she competed in the first ever women's tag team elimination chamber match, where she ultimately gained the women's tag team championship. She was the inaugural women's tag team champion, along with her best friend Bailey, and they were champion for 49 days, I believe it was. Yes, 49 days they were champion. Sasha Banks has competed in a lot of firsts. She started out doing firsts, and she's still making history in her career. Sasha Banks is one of the best wrestlers on the roster for the women and the men. I will admit that. I I am a big fan of hers. I may give her a hard time when I do my wrestling commentary on my own page, but I do respect her hustle, and I do respect what she stood for. She didn't want to come into this business and be a part of the bra and panties and the mud matches. She wanted to compete and she, and she wanted to do it at the highest level of competition that she could. And she also was competing to prove that women's wrestling was just as good, if not better than men's wrestling. And she's been doing that for a very long time. So, with that being said, Sasha Banks has contributed heavily to women's wrestling and she has helped move that pendulum along to gain a lot of respect for women. And you got to respect Sasha Banks for that. So this is for you, Sasha. Big ups to you. And I hope that you continue to push forward and keep on making history in your career. So that's our pick for women's for the International Women's Month. And if you have somebody that you want us to highlight, don't forget to leave us a video, a little message here on Anchor. Or you can always hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. And I'll see you guys in our next one.